And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. Welcome back to Canada Hoops, everyone. It's your boy, Maddie. Continue to like and share us. We truly appreciate the support. On today's episode, we are bringing you the 2021-2022 Canadian NBA season preview. We'll give you some thoughts on what this year might look like for our Canadian players. And to help us do that, I'm pleased to have the Twitter legend and Canada basketball guru back on the podcast, the man we all look to. For our Canada basketball knowledge, give it up for Scott Witter. Scott, good to have you back. <laughs> That's the intro, Maddie. Um, <laughs> awesome to be back, man. Always, always great to talk to you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Everyone loves you. Uh, looks forward to your information. Um, so we got uh, the season starting next week, and um, lots of news to talk about and. Uh, Lots of Canadians in the league, as always, second to the uh, Americans. Um, what are your thoughts just on the, you know, the amount of talent and overall and just before we get into each player here? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. So this is the weekend before regular season be, begins. Preseason just just wrapped up and there's a, a lot of stuff going on, on right now. Um, I almost feel like we have to have Twitter open just to kind of see what's happening at this particular moment. But when you, you asked me to kind of come on and talk about Canadian players, I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. That's easy. Um, but then I started thinking about it. It's, there's a lot. And and even more so, they're, they're in important roles and, and getting better and better. And you have, you know, star-level players and important role players. So it, 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 this is actually hard to kind of keep track of everybody and what's going on. And so hopefully we can kind of touch on on most of the major guys or interesting stories or, or um um, you know, the new guys showing up this year. But uh, let me ask you this, Maddie: How many how many guys are going to be on opening night rosters? What's your count? Because I don't know. Um, I'm not even sure I know. This is wrong because, uh, <laughs> well, we got Mulder just got waived this morning by the Warriors. Yeah. Does that put us at 20? Man, you're good. Oh, that's, 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 a, that's, that's a guess. That's my count. My count's 20. Uh, okay. 21 if Mulder gets picked up. There is a little okay. bit of talk that he might be rolling into a two-way with the Warriors, but he's got to he's got to clear waivers first. Right. Uh, 22 if we count Chris Duarte, who's uh, always a little bit of an enigma in our world. We don't know if he's Dominican or Canadian right. or, or or a bit of both. Right. Um, and if anything else happens with um, some of the other guys, we, you know, we go on from there. But it's a lot. Yeah, it, it's exciting, and uh, I don't count. Duarte uh I maybe I should but you know if we had like a roster getting ready for yeah whatever summer qualifying for the world cup I don't think he makes Canada so if anybody is curious about that he's not playing for Canada he's he's right. in the in the Dominican Republic system most of the DR fans thinks um he's, he's with them um I think that the the controversy here is you know it's shown up that he was born in Montreal but he was really raised in Dominican Republic and um, I wouldn't anyone count on it, but you know, you know, wherever there's a, a Canadian citizenship there, it's, it's worth noting. Right. Um, should we start with Kevin? I mean, everyone's, uh, 
excited about him. Uh, yeah. Pangos, our boy uh, always reps hard for Canada when he can. Um, getting an opportunity to come into the NBA with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, everyone just really likes his his journey and his story and his willingness to play for Canada as much as he uh, can, and he's getting as much deserved uh, shot. What do you anticipate for Kevin this season? Um, first of all, let me let me mention that I I, I love Pangos. That's I think he's you know. Right. No, maybe it's the the similar physical profile. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I think I you know I followed, got into Gonzaga basketball you know before he showed up and 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 he he kind of you know really lit the fire there. Um, he kind of got me into following European basketball because I was just kind of interested where he was going and it kind of spread to all the other guys uh, out there as well. And for anybody who missed it, there's a really good story in. Uh, uh, by Chris Fetter, one of the uh, Cleveland writers that came out a couple of days ago, just kind of chronicling his his journey and why he went to Cleveland. And, and keep in mind, he gave up a lot of money in, in Europe. I think he's on kind of a um, you know 1.5 million guaranteed with Cleveland for this year, but he had I think the, the equivalent to about 8 million guaranteed offered um, from Russian club uh, um, CSK and. You know, it's just it's he just he just said he wanted it. He said he didn't want to didn't want to have a what if in his life. He was talking to uh, Canada basketball mentors, and and that probably meant you know guys like Barrett and and who, who said, hey, if you have a chance, you got to go for it. You don't want to have any what ifs in, in in your career. So you know, he's he's coming into Cleveland as 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 the third point guard. Um, it's going to be a struggle, and and it kind of was a bit of a struggle for him in, in preseason. Um, you can watch you know his his games and i think i posted a few of his games just kind of every possession and and you can see he's just struggling with the length and the size and the speed but the, this guy's a smart basketball player and you can right. just even see through those three four games him figuring it out honing in with his his floater um the game management the passing what was kind of all always there um, the shooting's been awful in in preseason. That's going to clean itself up. Um, we know he's he's probably a, a forty percent three point shooter. I think he's shooting in the twenties in preseason, um, and he's just going to take some time for him to him to figure out the the, the NBA. There, I think there's a lot of positive stories coming uh, out from Cleveland camp about him. And the way I see it is he's probably not going to see much minutes. Um, he's getting 13, 14 minutes uh, in preseason. I don't think he's going to see close to that during the regular season. That backup role is, is Rubio's. And um, I think there's a very high chance that Rubio moves on by the all-star break. He's, he's got a nice kind of expiring contract. He's a good veteran point guard. People are going to want him. He's kind of wasted away in, in, in Cleveland right now. So I think they're grooming Pangos for that, that kind of backup point guard role. Um, so, you know, I don't think we'll see much early on, you know, we'll see some, some stuff here and there, but injuries happen and, and hopefully by, um, you know, the back third of the season, he, he's in a kind of a regular, regular backup role. I don't know. What have you seen? Have you watched a little bit of him in preseason? What are your thoughts? I haven't seen a ton, um, getting information obviously from you or you're our guy, but, um, I have seen things where, uh, like one of his Cleveland teammates has said, they've been impressed with him just in terms of uh, his offensive ability, but uh, his teammate even more or less said, hey, like Kevin's kind of small, uh, yeah. you know, and, you know, I just hope his lack of size doesn't limit him too much. I know uh, it's a huge adjustment in terms of the speed and the length, but um, he is smart. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, I did read that article as well. And look, he had to take this opportunity. And I thought it was cool that he mentioned the Canada basketball uh, relationships he has that he he leaned on to say, hey, um, you know, I got to do this. You know, and I think other guys that have maybe had that opportunity from Canada that have been overseas, you know, perhaps regret not taking that shot. And uh, so, you know, I hope he does really well. I I think um, if Rubio gets moved, and he's a guy, like you said, that uh, other teams would want to bring in at the deadline uh, for a playoff run, then, you know, Kevin's minutes are going to be there. Uh, Cleveland is probably going to be really bad this year. Um, so why not give him an opportunity and give him some minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this was a big hole for, for Cleveland last year. Um, they were running six, seven guys at, at point guard last year and, and didn't didn't have many solutions. So, um, you know, they, they wanted to make sure they plugged that hole. And, um, you know, and with his size, you know, I, I think, I think he, you know, you can have that rep. Um, I think he was, he was certainly targeted on, on defense in, in Europe, but by all accounts, he, he works his butt off and, and he For is sure. going at, at, at a hundred percent on, on, on defense and blasting through screens. You're hearing these stories kind of coming out of camp as well. So hopefully he can, he can hold his own. And, and I, I firmly believe he can, he can manage um, uh, an NBA team offensively. And, and the big question is on, on defense, but I think he's going to surprise some people there as well. Agreed. Um, I wanted to talk about RJ, um, a key guy for Canada basketball, obviously. And uh, he really, you know, wore it on his sleeve in Victoria. I feel like we're going to mention Victoria a lot uh, throughout the episode, just with reference to players. But um, I'm really excited to see the season RJ is going to have. You know, the Knicks would obviously be a, a playoff team, and and RJ has established himself as a key guy at a young age. And I saw an interview a few days ago with uh, Coach Thibodeau, and Tom was praising RJ like, look, this kid works, and um, he's got major effort and a strong work ethic. I think um, this this should be a season that RJ, you know, he could potentially be an all-star as well. What do you, what do you think on RJ? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, and 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 I always like to start off these podcasts as as almost a bit of an apology to RJ because I was right. certainly one of the skeptics when um, you know I, I think I'm I'm one of those people who are, are naturally pull away from from the big big time hype and um and, you know, I watched a lot of his Duke games and and had you know I was struggling with kind of what he was doing at Duke and and um, he had a little bit of a rough rookie season and he's been awesome since there he's just it's one of those guys he just you know, he has all this, he has all the, the tools and he has it, he has it up here mentally. Right. And he, you're going to see a, a player like that just diligently every year improve, um, look at, you know, his game and, and say, I have to do this and I have to do that. And, um, you know, I think he's, he's got a great opportunity under, under, under Tibbs and, and, you know, he's going to focus on, on, on being a two-way player and focus on defense. I think, I think Tibbs is trying to, mold the the next Jimmy Butler out of out of RJ Barrett. So right. he's, I think he's in a great situation there. Um he came into the league shooting terribly. And and you know people he pushed it up to a 40% three point shooter last year and, and people are like, I, I don't know about that. I think that's that's and uh, you know that's not going to be sustained and and you know people weren't weren't believing in that. So I think that's the big key here. Um, you know, lo and behold, preseason He's shooting 40, 48% from three on six attempts per game. So, you know, 
small sample size for for uh, four games. But if you remember last year, he he started the season pretty cold shooting, right. um, and it was really that back half or the back two thirds of the season. Um, he was shooting fantastic and, and was able to kind of bring that season percentage up up over forty. So. Um, I think really good signs just to start. Um, definitely think he's 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 an all star caliber player. Um, I think he's going to you know potentially crack the twenties in, in point per games and, and continue to kind of push on on efficiency and, and becoming a, a, a really good two way player. And there's a lot of talk about that out of New York of, of him being their kind of primary primary wing defender and and whatnot. But I'm I'm yeah, it's just it's almost like it's exciting with RJ, but it's almost like you almost know what you're going to get. You're just going to see him kind of improve and improve and improve. And, right. and, and I think that's fantastic. So it's, it's almost like an expectation now and it's crazy how quickly that happened. Yeah. He's um, man. Like I, I'm going to try to catch the Knicks a lot this year. I, I might have to get the, the league pass just to kind of follow uh, all the guys throughout the league. Cause it's just, um, it's exciting. And, and you can see the improvement. Um, well, what about Shea? Um, Shea looks healthy. He looks strong. Uh, I got I got him and Lou Dort kind of penciled here in my notes together just because they're on the same team with Oklahoma City. Um, you know, he could, you know, with Jamal having the injury and no real timeline on Jamal uh, for a return, you know, Shea's probably going to be the best Canuck in the league this year. Um, you know, and like RJ should be an all-star uh, what are we looking for from Shea and, and Lou as a combo there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let, let me say, I, I don't know if we're going to touch on Jamal that much just cause he's out, but I think there's, you know, there, there's not a whole lot to talk there cause he's going to be out for a good chunk of the season. There's no right. timeline. Um, I've looked around and I'm not seeing anybody saying he's, he's going to be coming back by a certain point. Um, I think there's no rush, um, you know, maybe after the all-star break and, and hopefully he's, he's there for a playoff push, right. but who knows at that. So yeah, this, so it's, it's, it's Shay's year. Um, he's going to be kind of the, the primetime Canadian and listen, you know, he just turned 23 in July. Right. This is his fourth season. Um, he went from 10, 11 points a game in, 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 in with the Clippers to, to, to 19 in his first year with OKC. Last year, he put up 24 points per game, five rebounds per game, six assists, and, and with shooting splits of, of 51% from the field, 42% from three, 81% from the line. He is in, you know, he's an, o, he's an OKC. So maybe it's a little under the radar, but in, in my, you know, trying to take off my, my Canada fan hat, he's, he's one of the best point guards in, in the NBA. Um, yeah. Young, young point guards, right. Him and him and Trey Young. Um, yeah. I think he's a much better player than say somebody like John Moran. Um, and, but OKC is a bad team, right? So it's, it's putting up wicked numbers on a, on a, on a bad team, but, but he continues to be efficient. He's, he's probably one of the best drivers and finishers in the NBA bar none. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of help around him. Um, the team's going to struggle. Um, Josh Gede has been interested, you know, that's an impressive player in preseason. So it's kind of, you know, hopefully there's some playmaking, um, taken off a, off a Shea's plate and there's some help there. Um, you know, I always question, there's always some questions of, I can't believe it, but people talk is, is, is Shea tradable? Is, is he in, 
OKC's timeline. It, it, it just seems crazy that people would contemplate trading him, but um, right. you, you know, they're, they're so stacked with draft picks and, and assets and, and you never know. And it's it kind of, it's kind of a little grates me a little bit to see him stuck on, on such a bad team at this particular point. But um, maybe, maybe those guys can grow into, into something interesting and special, but it's going to be tough with how stacked the West is for the next few years. Um, and Lou, you know, it looks like Lou has moved into kind of a core piece with, with OKC as well. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, um, you know, some, some big changes in, in the NBA this year. Um, the defensive rules have, um, changed where I, I guess we're calling it the Harden rule now, right. um, where any offensive kind of non-basketball play, um, that kick with the foot, that, that lean in, um, is, is now a non-call. And if it's egregious enough, it's an offensive foul. Um, and you wonder with a guy like Lou Dort, I think led the league last year in drawn offensive fouls, um, how, how much that opens up the world for him. Um, and he was a pretty much a, a, a well, he's the beast on, on defense. Um, yeah. You know, does this kind of open things up even, even more for him? And the interesting thing from him was he was a terrible distance shooter coming into the league, right? He, he shot the low, um, you know, thirties, the, the, the last couple of seasons. And, um, he's worked hard on his outside shot. Um, I know again, small sample size, but in preseason, he was shooting over 60% from three, um, you know, three over three made threes a game. Um, if there's any way that he kind of keeps things, um, you know, above league average or, 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 or even around league average, you know, above 35% from three, he, he's, he's going to be, um, a, a very key piece for, for OKC. I think he already is. Um, but you know, it's exciting to kind of see him again, hard worker, improving year after year after year. Um, uh, I think it's despite OKC being a terrible team and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be tuning into their games because of that, that, that duo there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think, um, listen, you know, Canadian fans know who these guys are and we have to, uh, you know, try to catch their games as much as we can. But I think, um, you know, one thing with Shea and I've been, you know, uh, played the game myself and a guard as well and uh, obviously not at level these cats, but uh, Shea's, you know, pace of play that he has is really special that's what really sets him apart. And um, I haven't seen Lou play a ton uh, with respect to uh, his time in the league, just because you don't see a lot of OKC games. Um, and, man, he really won me over with his play in Victoria, just a stud uh, effort. Um, you know, I think, you know, they're going to get a lot, of, a lot of shine on a bad team, like you said, but um, their future is bright. Um, you got a guy you want to cover? I got some notes on guys, but uh, is there someone you want to hit now? Um, yeah, I think there's 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 a lot to talk about. Um, you know, I, I'm going to kind of roll into maybe some of the guys I think are, are kind of interesting and and worth talking about, or or, or things that are just kind of you know struggling or, or or different out there, right? I think it's always worth touching on on the Grizzlies because um, we got uh, Dylan Brooks and, and Brandon Clark there. Um, you know, I'll start with Brandon Clark first, because just because you know, Gonzaga guy, I loved him at Gonzaga. Yeah, he had a yeah, phenomenal yeah. rookie season. He was great in his rookie season. He was he looked like that 
you know, efficiency that he had at Gonzaga was, was translating well. And then in his second year, um, it really looked like somebody tweaked his, his shot and it, and it, and it just, it fell apart on him. Um, and, and he really dropped off last year. There, there was definitely a bit of a, a roster crunch as well. Um, Xavier Tillman kind of came in and, and, and stole a bunch of his minutes. Um, you know, they're different players. They kind of complement each other a little bit. Um, you know, I've been trying to find tape on, on his shot. Um, you know, there was some stuff that came out this summer. It looks definitely looks better. Um, there's still kind of a little bit of a weird hitch in it. Um, hopefully he fixed it somewhat. Um, he, he hasn't been shooting well in, in preseason, uh, again, small sample size. Um, he, but he has had a role in preseason. He's been getting kind of 22 minutes per game. He's been contributing. He's been, um, you know, he's been filling the box score to to a degree. I just haven't seen that efficiency there. So he's a little bit of a unknown of, of, of what happens with him this year. It was a big, probably my major disappointment last year. Right. So hopefully he, he picks things up and, and Dylan, um, you know, I, you know, we got to talk about him. He's obviously has a fractured hand right now. Um, and this kind of popped up in the, in the summer. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is what caused him to miss um, team Canada duties. Um, I kind of think this happened afterwards when, when he was working out, but he might've had some issues there. I don't know. Give him the benefit of the doubt. That's a guy who, you know, always looks like and talks like he wants to play for team Canada. So I was pretty shocked that, that he wasn't there. Um, so maybe it was this injury. Um, people thought he was recovered for camp, but um, a lot of the testing on it says it, it wasn't quite there. So he's he's out for another another two three weeks. Um, but you know the big question there is 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 Dylan Brooks um, is playoff Dylan Brooks for real? Um, he was phenomenal in that series with with the Jazz. Um, he was averaging twenty six points per game on sixty percent true shooting in five games against the jazz with stellar lockdown um, defense. I thought it was a huge breakout. Um, You know, he, he has a career, um, you know, where he's been plagued by inefficiency, bad shot selection, Um, look like all that went away in the playoffs. And like, you know, if you finally figure out that this is, this is the real Dylan Brooks. Right. And so it'll be very you know disappointing that it's, he's not starting the season healthy. Um, hopefully that playoff Dylan Brooks kind of translates um, over and we don't kind of fall back into inefficient, bad shot selection, Dylan Brooks. Um, he's also a guy who can benefit enormously from, from the, the Harden rules, right? Um, he's a guy night after night who's charged with um, defending the best um, wing defender for the Grizzlies. Um and and he's a very hard nosed defender. He, he's actually I don't know if you knew this, Matty, but I think he's led the league in fouls the last two years in a row. Okay. Um, I don't know if for sure the last two in the rows, uh, but he, he's been up there, which is abnormal for for a wing player. Um, he gets after it, and and so he was talking. He was kind of rubbing his hands together, saying he loves the new rule changes. Um, and if it allows a guy like that to get even more up in, in somebody's grill, that's, that's going to really, um, um, you know, up his value to, to the Grizzlies as well. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to kind of see if, um, you know, how he translates over to the start of the season. How about you? Yeah. I mean, listen, Dylan was, the playoffs were incredible. That was, you and I talked about that, uh, at that time, that was must see tuning in and catch the the Grizzlies and the Jazz, and I mean, in, in years past with playoffs, people would be like, well, that's kind of a garbage series. But uh, for us, following him, that was 
an incredible series breakout, like you said, and uh, we wanted to see more sunglasses, Dylan, post game two, and bring in that flair. Um, listen, he, you know, he's a guy that um, we love. Uh, he's he's big for the future of Canada basketball, and um, you know, I expect him once he's healthy and the hand feels good. I expect him to to keep rolling. I, I'm not sure what Memphis is really expected to do this year. You know, are they a, a seven, eight seed um, or they play a wild card kind of play in or whatever. Um, you know, it's going to be a long year. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a, a normal season, so to speak now with, with teams and, and fans. Um, so a lot can happen. And, uh, you know, he's definitely one of my favorite Canadians. He's really grown on me. Um, you know, I think uh, he should have a big year. You know, I want to see Dylan do really well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's again. I think you're. I think you're kind of tagging it right. I don't. You know, the Grizz are are a very young, talented team that continues to improve. Um, you know, they're they're gonna have Jaron Jackson hopefully healthy for the season. Um, Stephen Adams kind of changes the 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 dynamics of of um, kind of the grittiness there and whatnot. Um, but the West is so deep. Um, right. So who, who knows with these guys? They, they can, they can. I think you could see them anywhere from five to ten seed, right? Yeah, let's uh, bounce up to uh, the Detroit Pistons. Um, I'm excited about this team. I think uh, they'll be fun to watch, and um, especially with our three Canadians there, obviously Kelly Olynyk and Corey Joseph. Trey Lyles and obviously Corey and Trey were in Victoria to try to help us qualify. Uh, I'm really excited to see this this team and this group. I'm going to definitely watch the Pistons as much as I can. And it's just really cool to see Kelly and Corey on the same NBA team. And I know Coach Casey is a big fan of, of Kelly. And then um, he obviously coached Corey when uh, Corey was in Toronto. Um, you know, and, and it was nice to see Kelly get a really good contract for him personally, a three-year deal and, and good money. He's a, a valued guy throughout the league for what he brings. And, um, you know, it was nice to see the Pistons bring Corey back. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about this, this trio this season up in Detroit? <laughs> I, still, I don't think Detroit's going to be that good. Right. Um, yeah, I, I do. I think you can tune in and, and see uh, uh, a lot of Canadians on the floor at once. Cause I think they're all, um, I think they're all coming off the bench as, as, as well. And, right. and that's probably something that, you know, the biggest piece here is probably talk, talk about Kelly. Um, you know, Corey's Corey at this stage of his career. It's good to see him, you know, he wasn't succeeding well in, in, in Sacramento and, and he had a really nice run for the Pistons at, at, at the end of the year last year. So hopefully that holds over and he's now kind of into that, um, veteran kind of mentor for you know a, a pretty young team um right. in in detroit right there's obviously a, a big big piece there and in in Kate cunningham and and you know to have some of these guys viewed as 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 kind of the the leaders and the mentors of the team is is, is kind of cool but i think that's the stage at least a guy like like Corey's in you know i don't know about trey lyles it's it's just you know, he's, he's now that journeyman kind of backup stretch right. four and, and, you know, he probably can have some good runs here or there. And, um, I, I don't know. He just, yeah, I think he just is what he is here, but Kelly, Kelly's very interesting to me. It's, it's, you know, I've always watched Kelly's career with a, a lot of interest and, 
you know, he's, he's always been on good teams and he's never been able to kind of prove himself as a starter on those Celtics teams or, or heat teams, but he's always been a very important piece of those, the, those teams, right? I think he's, he's averaged about 22 minutes a game for, for his career. Um, he was kind of a crucial piece. He, the heat kind of fell off pretty drastically once they traded him last year. Um, you see him go over to Houston into a starting role, a terrible Houston team. Right. And he was given all the, all the minutes he can, he can hand. Well, maybe not all the minutes, but he was, he, he was given about 31 minutes uh, per game and he put up all-star numbers, right? He was, he was putting up 19 points a game, eight and a half rebounds, four assists, shooting splits, you know, 55 from the field, you know, basically, well, 39% from three, 94% of the lines. So he's basically almost a 55, 40, 95 guy. Um, his minutes from the heat were about 27 per game. He only went up to about 31 per game. Um, so you can see what, a, what that guy can do when the offense runs through him and, and he's, he's, he's given kind of a, a lead role. Um, so, you know, I'm a little disappointed because he's, at the Pistons, it's it's clearly looking like that's not going to be his role, and 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 maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe he's maybe he's not a um, you know a lead guy on a on a playoff team, and, and he really is kind of an, an important bench guy. So he's going to have a very important role with the Pistons. Looks like he's coming off the bench. Um, he he started uh, or sorry he he every single preseason game he was coming off off the bench. It looks like they're they're going to run with Isaiah Stewart. Um, who's kind of a second-year um, center. He was all-rookie team last year. Um, I think K.O. is a better player, um, but, you know, Stewart probably is the future of the team. Um, and I think more importantly here, um, I think I think Stewart fits better with, with the starters, right. and Kelly fits better off coming off the bench. I, I think that bench is a little bit iffy and doesn't have the shooting. It doesn't have the scoring punch. It doesn't have the playmaking. So, so they need Kelly kind of coming off the bench to, to lead that and run that. Um, I think Kelly might see as many minutes or even more than Isaiah Stewart and with Kelly coming off the bench. I think he's going to have a very important role there. Um, but I, I don't really see the Pistons being, being that good of a team still pretty young, um, I don't know if that, that core that they have is, is all that impressive. I think Cunningham, um, needs time. He's going to be a rookie. Um, I don't, I don't see too much out of him. I don't see him like taking this team and, and dragging him to the playoffs this year. I could be wrong. Um, but, but all those guys, I think will have an important role. It looks like those are, those are key guys coming off the bench for the Pistons. Yeah. And, uh, the one thing with Kelly, unfortunately uh, on that three year deal, uh, that puts the expiry of that right to uh, right to the Olympics in Paris. So we'll see what that means for us. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe at that point Kelly won't care and be like, yeah. "This is our chance. I got to play." And he's he's made his money. Uh, yeah, is, and we, we we haven't seen the games with Team Canada, but I, I think I always thought of of Kelly as Houston Kelly when he puts on a, a Canada uniform. That that right. guy can do everything in the FIBA setting, right? You can right. run the offense through him. He he's that triple threat from the outside. He can shoot, drive, pass. Um, it's so important in FIBA, and I to, you know to this day I think he's still my top three FIBA player for for Canada. It's really you sure. know Shane Murray and, and and Kelly are 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 the core you know cogs from from my perspective. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you got a guy you want to cover next? Uh, where you want to go? Um, 
Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go all the way to the West Coast and 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 check on our man Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, um, who who I think I, th- I thought was great for Canada this summer. Um, you know, yeah. he, he was a key piece and and led the team. And um, you know, I I think he had a great season. Okay, great might be a little aggressive, but he had a good season for the Warriors last year. Um, he really was kind of starting to rehabilitate his, his reputation. He was turning into kind of a good two-way player. He was efficient. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw that or, 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 or noticed it. Um, and, and he was really kind of coming along and, and, and slowly kind of rebuilding his rep. And, and I thought for Canada, he was, that was a great step. And then, um, and then we had kind of, you know, vaccine gate. Um, yeah. and you know, this is, it's unfortunate because I, I just think he got dragged through the mud on this and, and whatever, you know, I won't get into it. I won't get into the politics. won't get into, into you know, into that part of this, but he, he did kind of screw himself over, you know, rep wise here, um, turned off the fan base, turned off kind of the entire NBA and, and everyone reverted to kind of old, you know, underachieving Minnesota Wiggins. And um, like I said, I think I, I felt personally affronted because I was, I was trying to be one of the main tour directors of, of Wiggins Island last year, trying to yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, say, Hey, everybody look, you know, he's, he's turning, he's turning the corner here and, and coming around. He's still pretty young relatively. Um, and, and, you know, he's, Maybe it was because of everything with the vaccine. Maybe he wasn't training. He's had an awful preseason. Um, you know, I think across four games, nine points per game, shooting 35% from the floor, 22% from three. Um, you know, he's still on shaky ground, I think, um, with the Warriors. You know, they they have championship aspirations. They think you know, Clay is going to come back healthy. Um, you know, he, he still needs to kind of establish himself there. They brought in Jordan Poole or Jordan, sorry, they brought in Otto Porter and, and, you know, Jordan Poole's kind of getting better and better. Mm-hmm. So he's got more kind of competition there. Um, and, you know, in, unless he kind of, I don't want to say start strong, cause it's going to take a little bit for him to kind of, you know, get into gear, but if he doesn't have a good first half of the season, he might be on the trading block and and, and could be pushed out of um, out of there because the Warriors are, are going to be you know pushing for 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 the playoffs this year. So hopefully he gets it together. Um, you know I think he had a good good step last year, um, and it's unfortunate kind of um, you know everything that's kind of happened to start the season. But hopefully we get past that pretty quickly and, and he gets on a roll. Yeah, I'll just you know in terms of Andrew. I mean, it was so great to see him in Victoria. Uh, clearly, a guy that we need, and um, you know, he uh, he was he was giving it his all, and just like you said, he sort of muddied the waters waters for himself just on his stance or beliefs with the vaccine. But from a straight basketball standpoint, you know, the Warriors need him to be productive until uh, Clay gets back, and uh, you know, RJ or uh, sorry, Andrew's kind of the guy that. He's interesting to watch. Like when you follow him on social media, especially on Instagram, sometimes he just like, you know, what he was saying about the uh, the vaccines. If if he had to leave the league tomorrow, he'd be like, yeah, okay, that's cool. He'd be okay with it, you know. And a lot of people don't like that because yeah, they think, well, you're there, you've worked, and you know, you have this uh, lifestyle, and people just can't grab that idea like he could just walk away and he'd be okay with that i think he's yeah. he's a chill mellow guy and he doesn't get phased by too much yeah and like you said he's i think he's 
maybe tarnished himself a little bit, but uh, I hope he has a great year. Uh, rooting for him. I'd like to see the Warriors go far and push the likes of uh, the Lakers, so to speak. Uh, you know, Andrews, uh, he's got an opportunity to right the ship for himself rep-wise here a little bit, so we'll see what his season looks like. Um, let's go up to Toronto. Ken Birch, Chris Boucher, Delano Banton, uh, three Canadians playing for the Raptors. Yeah. Obviously, uh, many of us know Banton is the first Canadian ever drafted by the Raps, and I've been impressed with him. I think he's a nice fit on that roster. Um, they got a lot of length and size. Um, he's really excited to play at home. Uh, let's let's talk about the the Raptors and the, and the Canadians there, Scott. Yeah, um, you know, I, I kind of think our audience um, knows the Raptors in, inside and out. So, right. um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to say anything too controversial here. And, um, you know, I, I'm a fan of Ken Birch. I, I always have been. Um, I wanted to see him get a chance as, as, as a starter. And I thought he was good for the Raptors last year. You know, people are going to question was, you know, were they kind of out of it at that point and, and who really cares? And, right. um, you know, what can we really, is he, is he a starting center on a playoff team? Um, I think those are valid questions. Um, you know, he's not flashy. He's just, he's just solid, makes a lot of the right moves. I think what a lot of people don't pay attention to is some of the things he's amongst the best in the league at, at, at setting screens, um, you know, little things like, I've seen stats over the year that you know, he might not rebound a lot, but his, when he's on the floor, his, his team rebounds well, you know, he's, so that means he's out there containing guys, um, you know, okay. shielding, boxing out um, and, 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 you know, little things like that certainly don't show up in, in box scores too often. So I think he is a little bit under underrated. Um, obviously he had a, a, a boat, he had a breakthrough case with, with COVID and, and, uh, you know, he just got back at the end of preseason. He was, he was a little bit rusty. Um, the unfortunate thing there is with him out in preseason, you know, uh, gave kind of full opportunity to, to, to precious. And he, um, you know, he, he played really well in Ken's absence. So there might be a little bit of a minute split there. Um, you know, Precious is kind of the younger with more upside player. So I can see the fan base kind of clamoring for, for, for him. Um, I do think Ken's a better player. Um, he's a good fit with the starters. Um, uh, you know, I think it's going to take a little bit for him to get, get in shape here, but, um, you know, we might see a little bit more of a minute balance with, with, with Ken, but, um, I right. said, I, I, I love him. Um, you know, and, and, uh, Boucher, um, you know, he's, he's injured, um, and missed all of preseason. And, but I think he continues to prove, I think people miss on him as they always call him how, how old he is, but you know, what is he, is he 29 now or, 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 you know, 28, I think he's 29, right? Yeah. He's late twenties. Um, late twenties. And, uh, you know, people go, oh, he's, you know, he's like, He's mid career. He's not going to improve that much, but people got to realize how late he started in 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 this. Um, I think he picked didn't pick up basketball until his late teens. So a he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him, but b you know I think just that experience of of games and and reps and and seeing the floor and and seeing things unfold and and cutting out stupid mistakes and 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 that stuff I think improves every year with him. Um, and, and he still has room for, for improvement there. I think, you know, beyond a typical 29 year old basketball player. So 
Um, hopefully he gets healthy and, and, and makes another, another step forward. Um, but he's just such a kind of a unique and interesting player. Um, I think he's really fun, fun to watch. Um, and then, and then Banton, it's, it's, yeah, you know, what, what, what do you expect out of, uh, kind of a, a second round player like this is if he can make a, um, an impact, I, I think, I think he's destined to the G league. He's obviously impressed people in camp. He's had a, a, a decently impressive, um, preseason. He has very rare size and, and playmaking ability. Can't shoot worth a lick. Um, you know, Toronto is known to have a really good development system. So, Hopefully they can Im- improve his shooting ability um, drastically. He, he doesn't need, you know, minor improvements. He needs major improvements. Right. Um, but I think he'll be spending most of the time in, in, in the G. Um, you know, we might see him here or there. Um, you know, I don't know what uh, you, know, you might have more to add there, Matty. No, I think you're, you're bang on, man. I think, um, you know, because of their roster and depth, um, you know, believe it or not, they have, depth at that three, four, um, even stretch five kind of thing. They, I think, um, you know, Banton's probably going to go to the G and that, that won't be a bad thing either. Um, they develop guys, like you said, uh, when Chris gets back, you know, where are those minutes going to be? Nick nurse knows what he has in, in Ken Birch, Chris Boucher, um, you know, precious, uh, has impressed. Um, he was a nice addition. So, you know, the minutes might be tough. Um, you know, obviously in Canada, we get every Raptors game. So they're usually on in our house. And uh, it'll be interesting just to sort of see minutes for all those guys. Um, maybe Banton does get brought up throughout the year based on injuries. It's hard to say. Um, I'd like to see Kim, yeah, like you said, put a full season in with the team, see what he looks like on a nightly basis, uh, contributing that way. Uh, it's nice to see him get rewarded financially uh, this year with with Toronto. Um, yeah, it, it'll be. I think Toronto might surprise some people. Believe it or not, and I'm not just saying that because Homer kind of thing. I think if they stay healthy and the vets they have there and the, the core guys, um, shout out uh, Fred. I think Fred might be my favorite non-Canadian in the league. So uh, the little guys that we got. Uh, you know, it might surprise yeah. people. So I think uh, it'd be cool to to see those guys there this year. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a long it's a it's a weird roster too. It's it's like a it long, is. rangy but short team, right? I don't, I don't got too many guys over over six foot nine. There's not too many guys under six eight, six seven. So you know, I don't know if that's a, a push to kind of attack um you know the league going more and more after three pointers and, and you just have a bunch of guys that can kind of can switch and, and 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 cover the perimeter and but it'll be it'll be very interesting to watch um, well, and i think you're right I, I think a lot of people have written them not written them off but um i think i think the raptors can easily be a, a, a solid playoff team here. and there's one other note with that is um you know they're getting to play at home fans there's been a yeah. little uh, there's been a Toronto frenzy lately just with the Leafs back and obviously Canada soccer and um, the Raptors getting to play at home. Um, it's going to be a huge lift. That place is going to be ridiculous. Uh, I think that, you know, gives them those extra wins compared to last year that they're going to need uh, just to try to get yeah. in. So that's something people seem to forget about is like, you know, that place 
the arena is going to be popping. So, yeah. Um, anybody you want to cover? I got a couple. Yeah, guys, but... I think there's still some guys we need to to, to kind of talk about. Um, let's let's head over to New Orleans and yeah. uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, this, you know, I thought he was a bit of a re- revelation for Team Canada as well. And by the by the end of those games, I'm like, I was like, oh man, I almost wish he was. You know, starting over over Corey, I think he ended up with more minutes so, over Corey. Right. But he's just, you know, he's had a bit. You know, he's he's kind of the the low key cry on on Twitter for for a most improved player candidate, and he kind of came storming into the preseason and and then just went really quiet as well. And I, I think that's still what we'll see from him. He's a very dynamic but volatile player. Um, he has really good runs of 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 brilliance and, and dominant play and, and then goes goes you know pretty pretty darn cold and you know, i think they're still trying to figure things out in in new orleans um um zion who who you know i think is affectionately known as as, as chunk is is out for an extended time yeah. and i think this is going to be a long-term issue with zion so you know the pelicans might be looking for that um offensive burst um out, elsewhere besides ingram and and you know Nikhil have could have that opportunity to, to to really step up um you know he's put up kind of like you know 15 points per game through assists three rebounds in preseason at, you know decent slit, splits shooting shooting 36 from 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 three um but he needs to kind of continue to bake he needs to continue to mature but you see man you see flashes from him you see him pull moves where you're just like wow Mm-hmm. Um, but he just kind of needs to get that consistency um, and and pull it all together. But he can he could be one of the breakout guys. He should be one of the breakout guys for for this season because I think he has kind of the, the opportunity and, and the upside and is is coming from kind of a, a relatively kind of muted um, level at this particular point. Done. Yeah, I mean the minutes are going to be there, and uh, we also uh, saw what he did in Victoria. Uh, if Sort of the general Canadian basketball fan didn't see a lot of this kid. They were almost like, "Wow, this kid is who is this guy?" But um, he was a stud. I would have loved to see him play a bit more over Corey. But um, and, and you know, Nikhil's going to be a mainstay for for Canada should he choose to do so. And uh, he's got that rangy guard game like Shea. I mean, I know they're cousins, and um, you know, he's got a lot of physical skills. Um, it looked like he was working really hard and training a lot this summer uh, after uh, the tournament. Uh, he was trying to prepare himself. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, he can do. And I mean, the Pelicans are not—they're not going to be very good. So, yeah, uh, the moment—the moments will be there for Nikhil for sure. Yeah, and maybe some quick hits on some of the other guys that we haven't touched on yet. Yeah. Um, probably spend more time on on a couple of these guys, but I, I think it's worth noting that AJ Lawson was waived by the by the Hawks. Um, right. uh, Fiondu Kevin Galley was waived by the Cavaliers. Neither of them have been picked up yet. Um, I think Lawson is will end up in the G for the for the for the Hawks uh, affiliate. Uh, I think that was the intent there. Um, I don't know what happens to Cavalli because this has been a, a couple teams now, and and uh, I don't know where he ends up. Um, you know, O'Shea Brissett at, with the Pacers, um, he was kind of a breakout guy at the end of last year. Um, he got a huge opportunity with injuries in in Indiana, made the most of it, um, put up a, a really nice um, kind of 15, 20 game run at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but you know, you don't know if that was real or, or a bit of a, of, of a mirage. Um, he kind of hasn't looked that good in, in preseason. 
Um, Pacers are back healthy. Um, you know, he he's kind of playing more of a four in, in preseason. He might be better as a three, but I think that's where the minutes are. He's coming off the bench, um, getting about 15 minutes a game in preseason. He shot really poorly, um, I think, in the 20s but um, from three. So I think he just he's not fully established in, in a role there and, and it's probably worth watching to see what happens with him. Cause he could, he could really, you know, latch on and, and carve out that role or, or he could be gone like a, like a guy like Mulder. Um, but that's, that's worth watching. Um, and then some of the, some of the newbies, um, Josh Primo, um, mm-hmm. probably worth touching. Um, surprise. What was he? Was he 12th pick overall? <laughs> No, nobody saw that coming. That was the surprise of the draft. Uh, yeah. Was he 12? I think he was. Um, Might have been a little lower, but still first round. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was it was a surprise, um, uh, you know, to, to I think everybody. Um, he is the youngest player in the NBA. I don't have high expectations for him for this season. Um, right. It's kind of funny. His, his first preseason game, he came out and dropped 19 points on 7 for 8 shooting, and everyone was going wild. It's been pretty quiet since, um, you know, he just he needs a lot of work and, and it's going to be in the G, um, but he's shown flat flashes. He's, he's pulled some, some pretty crazy moves in, in preseason when, you know, it might be a, a, a you know, a, a fading scooping floater here or um, great penetration moves with, you know, rolling into kind of a, a fadeaway. And you're like, wow, um, there's some there's some obvious potential there, but but he's going to need a lot of time in the G. So I don't really expect to see much of him um, in in the NBA this year. Right. Um, and then maybe my new under the radar favorite player, um, and I'm hoping this works out. But yep. uh, Mr. Eugene Eugene Omarui out of Oregon, um, he could be the real deal. So he's he's signed a two way with the Mavs and. He's an interesting player. So he's, you know, I think he would have been dismissed years ago as, as a clear tweener um, and not having a role in the NBA. He's 6'6". Six, six, um, he's 25 years old coming out of Oregon. Um, he's, he's, he's too small to, to bang inside, or this is what people say, and, and doesn't have the ball skills and the shooting to play on the wing. But the dude's 240 pounds, um, has a 7'1 wingspan, um, and he gets his hands on, on everything. He's one of those gritty players who's working his butt off, um, you know, in, in practice, in preseason, whatever. He's a super tough defender, deflects a, a ton of balls, gets a lot of steals. He can pass. Um, you know, you have people coming out of the, out of the Mavs camp comparing him to, to Draymond Green or P.J. Tucker. Right. I can see those comparisons. Obviously, those are aggressive comparisons. He's, he's nothing like that, but... He can kind of carve. I think he can carve out a real role with the Mavs as as just kind of a tough, smart, hard nosed player. Knows when to pass. He can he can shoot from distance, um, and he's put up some he's put up some real numbers in preseason. And and I think that guy he's a like I said he's a two way. I don't know if he stays as a two way or he gets converted into a, a full contract. Um, two ways this year can play up to fifty games. Um, so, you know, I think we'll be seeing, seeing a lot of him. Um, and I think he's somebody worth watching. Yeah. And he's, uh, I mean, he's Oregon guy. Oregon produces good pros at any position. It seems like they just seem to have a way to stick in the league or if they do overseas, they, they turn into good pros. Um, 
so the pedigree is there, so to speak. Um, I think that kind of covers most of the guys I wanted to cover. Uh, anybody else for you? Um, Manny, I think we might have talked about everybody. Is, is that was that twenty? I think the only person we didn't mention, I'll mention his name just so we get all of them on here, was is Iggy Brazdikas. Yeah. Um, who's on a two-way with the Magic, and you know, I don't, I don't know what happens there. I don't know if he, he lasts the season. I haven't been watching watching him too much. Um, as people know, he's kind of declared his allegiance to to Lithuania in terms right. of international FIBA basketball. So that uh, kind of takes him a little bit off my radar. But he's a he's a you know he's a Canadian product, and he's a good Canadian boy, and, and you know we're rooting for him. And um, but I think I think that touches almost everybody, right? Well, quick shout out: we got Dwight Powell. Yes, you know Dwight. Right. Dwight steady as a rock, and uh, he's got his role carved out with the Mavs. Uh, yeah, he showed up in Victoria. Mad love for Dwight. I mean, he could have just said, "Hey, you know what? I can't do this." Guy's coming off the injury, and he still played a yeah. lot last year for Dallas. But he was there and gave it everything. Uh, Tristan Thompson, veteran role in Sacramento. Um, oh, yeah. Double T. You know, he's he's there. Uh, Reps Canada, but uh, whether will he ever play again? We don't know. Uh, but uh, that uh, I got a couple of ideas here, Scott. I just wanted to see kind of, we've talked about everybody obviously, but is there a guy you're looking forward to watching the most this year, just in terms of improvement maybe from last year to now or just going to really, uh, you know, catch your eye this year? Yeah, yeah, there's, you know, there's so many of them, right? It's It's, you know, I, I want to say all of them, um, right. and but there but there are certain guys. Um, I, re, I really want to see if kind of Nikhil can can take that next step and, and what happens there. Right. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm a little bit curious to kind of see if if Brandon Clark has that bounce bounce back year. Um, you know, I really want to see. I'll be closely checking Cleveland games and box scores just to kind of see how many minutes um, Kevin's getting and right. and if he kind of fixes his his shooting and, and things like that. Um, I do want to see Kemp, Kemp Birch in that starting center role for the Raptors and, and, and see how he does. Um, you know, I think that's a good challenge for him. And, and, you know, again, I'm not, not, not too sure kind of, 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 of where that goes, but I, th- I think he can kind of solidify things there. Um, so those are kind of the, the, the guys that jump out, but you know, all, all the guys, right. There's, um, yeah, you know, I think you, you fall off a little bit with some of the older ones as as they kind of you know start to decline a little bit. So you're the eyes a little bit for these younger guys who are just making big leaps every year, and and right. you're what's next? What's next for RJ? What's next for 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 Lou Dort? Does does Shea step up to you know all NBA? I think he's all star level now easily. Yeah, you know, does he get himself up into into kind of all NBA consideration? that's going to be hard to do on the, on the thunder, but um, I think he's that type of player. Right. Um, and, and then obviously really want to see um, how Jamal comes back um, from his injury. And, and hopefully that uh, is, is, is a, is a, you know, positive process. Right. No, well put. Um, you know, is there, I'm wondering, is there a guy that perhaps the Canadian basketball community and fans should really pay attention to? And that's, you know, a little bit under the radar, but, you know, really started tuning in and, and following this kid. Is there a guy that stands out that way? Yeah, I think to me, um, I threw Eugene out there. I think, I think it's just, yeah. I just love that peripheral story. I love what, what Lou Dort did as, right. as a two way and just grasp two way into 
a core piece of, of the Thunder in, in just a couple of years. Um, you know, Eugene's shown flashes of that. Um, that that could be a that could be a 10, 15 year pro um, who's starting out on a two way, um, and it's going to be worth kind of watching watching what he does. Cool. Uh, anything else, man? I, I I think we're pretty set. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no, I'm excited. This is this is going to be a, a every year is a, a fun season, but there's just there's so much, right? There's yep. there's there's games to watch every night um, for to tune into these guys, and it's it's so cool to um, see so many of them in in in, in such important roles, and, and and so many of these young guys improving um, so drastically. So um, we're in, we're in a good spot, like you said. I think we're Canada has the um, second deepest talent pool in in the world outside the United States. Um, some people will argue um, with with France, but um, right. you know I, I think we're there. And and as tar- in terms of the national team, it's it's no longer about talent, right? It's it's about forming a team and, and a system and and gaining experience and getting guys playing together and having having guys kind of consistently show up and and where we can be amongst the the best in the world. But there's still a, a lot that needs to happen for us to get there. Yeah, I know. Uh, just with respect to Canada basketball and the national team, I know they got the uh, windows uh, next month against the Bahamas, doing like a home and home. There hasn't been a lot of news on that. I was just looking on Canada basketball's website yesterday, um, but they're mid late November. Those two windows, and that's for the the World yeah. Cup. That's for the that's World Cup in twenty twenty. That's changed a little bit. It's now um, kind of a bubble format in. Right. That's going to be held in the Dominican Republic. So Canada is going to have essentially two neutral games against the Bahamas, and right. hopefully the window in February that's scheduled to be a, a home game versus Dominican Republic and U.S. Virgin Islands. Hopefully that can be held in Canada, and and, and the you know they get to play in front of their home fans, and and Canada basketball fans get a chance to to, right. to get out and, and support these guys. Yeah, that's on the radar for the. The national team, uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see who gets uh, grabbed for those uh, games. Uh, be obviously guys probably overseas, maybe some G guys. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and re- really quick, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, based on the last World Cup qualifying run, I think we, we ended up using 36 guys um, throughout the, the, the qualification process. Um you know, so, so you're going to see a lot of names. It's it's mostly going to be, I think, the European guys. Um, you know, probably the guys who are, are non Euroleague players, um, and that's going to be perhaps supplemented by um, some domestic players, um, some of the CBL guys. Um, I don't think we've seen many G League guys show up, but it's going to be. You know, I, I still think we're going to see the you know regular names, the 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 Phil and Tommy Scrubs and. Kazakin and Aaron Best and um, you know Kyle Wilcher and Connor Morgan, um, right. you know Melvin Edgem. Those those are going to be the names. So it's going to be familiar names. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I just want to take this opportunity. Usually uh, on the episodes, you know, I'll ask the guests uh, they want to shout anybody out, but I want to take the opportunity just to shout out everybody that follows the podcast, supports us, uh, especially the. People on Twitter, yourself, Tyler, Andrew, uh, shout out Michael Grange, past guest, uh, big supporter of the show and the podcast. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate the Canadian basketball community. 
Uh, should be a great season. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys the basketball season. Continue to like, follow, and share Canada Hoops. Appreciate you listening. Much love to Scott, Scott Witter for pulling up. And you can find Scott on Twitter at WitterSR. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.